This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Rad. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are beginning what we're considering a series, not a week, week after week series, but a series that we're going to be revisiting throughout the year, maybe years, but starting now, called Our Friendship Throughout the Years. And we're starting today by talking about our friendship in elementary school. Yeah. The very I, beginnings. I'm excited about this because, I mean, at this table, we've shared many memories. It is a, it is a table. Over the episodes, over the years of our shared experiences since meeting in first grade. But I think this is going to, this is going to unearth some new stories and, uh, it's a new lens through which to kind of look at all of our memories, specifically w the nature of our friendship. You know, I think that there's kind of this oversimplification of the story yeah. of, hey, you, we've been best friends since first grade, and you just kind of, you, you picture us just kind of going through life together, but when you start to dig into the specifics of it, uh, again, there's lots of memories that, maybe we haven't accessed or told, um, but there's nuances to our friendship and it it definitely has evolved over time and it's, it's changed with each phase. Yeah, so we'll be talking about, you know, our first perceptions of each other. We'll be talking most, I'm most excited about giving you the as true as possible version of that first day that we met and the story that we have told uh, that has become such mm -hmm. a part of how we introduce ourselves to people and in inter interviews and stuff like that. But yeah. I think that, and the further back you go, so this is as far back as we can go to the elementary school years, um, the more that we kind of gloss over things because it's like, I mean, who's who is interested in, there hasn't been an occasion for anyone to be right. like, let's talk about that in more detail. And so, so this is stuff that we haven't even really talked, a lot of this is stuff we haven't talked about together that we never even reflected on. Yeah. Because this is the, the challenge with us is we've been through so much together and we've talked about so much of it that we start having to find new ways if we wanna go back and access old memories find new ways to talk about it and find new memories to, to explore. So this is a new sort of rubric? I don't use that word very often. Oh yeah, if, okay, if let's at use all. it. Rubrics cube? Nope, it's not a cube. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up rubrics cube and uh, talk about what I used to think about Link. 
But the plan is, yeah, every, I don't know, every month, every six weeks or so, we'll pick up where we left off and look at our friendship through the next phase. You know, middle school, high school, college. Uh, young and married. Yeah, young and married, young and wild. And then we get to old and wise, or old and whatever we Eventually are Eventually it'll point. just be us talking Definitely about old something. our current friendship. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and I think every phase will be juicy. But let's start with something really juicy. Oh man. The, I question whether we should even do this. Yeah, we we did discuss, but whether we should get into this. But you know what? I feel like this is. I mean, it's dimly lit for a reason. There's a there's a bit of a a secretive trust exercise going here. So you're in the you're you're in the inner circle. You're telling don't tell anyone. You're telling anyone who's listening to not tell anyone. Well, I, I feel because like that, this is a special space where things are discussed that, hey, if you're into that, you're here for it. And if you're not, you're missing out. So once we go through this thing, I do wanna talk about the stipulations within which we handle the information that we've put out there now, okay? Okay. Uh, as, as, as a group, as a collective. But we've, mythologized our first meeting so much over the years that I think, well, we've decided that we're gonna scrutinize this story. Like from a, like as if we were a, a detective. Yeah, so. If we were a police detective who was trying to like uncover what actually happened. So first let's tell the story. Now we could also sing the story because at some point we wrote a song. I actually think writing that song contributed to some of the simplification. So on the here's how it goes. Every single interview, even to this day, next week if we have an interview with somebody for a publication, we will say, on, on the, the first day, day of first grade, grade we, we were, were both held in from recess for writing nasty words on our desks. desks. I wrote, hell. And I wrote, damn. I'm not really sure who says what. Yeah, sometimes we don't say that. Yeah. We'll say, yeah, and that's when we met, our teacher, Miss Locklear, held us, us in, in from recess and made us, let's just say it together, color, color pictures, pictures of, of mythical, mythical beasts. And that's when we hit it off. And that's why our company is called Mythical, and that's and, why everything we do is called something mythical. And that's why our fans call themselves Mythical Beasts. Yes. Because of that origin story. And you know what? We've been best friends ever since. <laughs> you don't wanna ruin it for everybody, do you? Here's the thing, when we started talking about this recently, you, okay, I'm gonna say something that I believe is true about you, and that is you have an uncanny ability to look back on something and change the detail and then believe it to be true and just and bypass the whole like, ah, this is probably not exactly what happened. Like, because yeah. there's lots of things that you've said and I'm like, but you know that's actually not, like that's actually not true, right? You That's the way that you've categorized it and smoothed it out in your mind. I've well, I always wanna, had feelings about this story. Let's analyze it and then explain it. Okay. But I think yes, you're on to something. <laughs> you're on to something. But so let's just break it apart. We did meet. And first of all, the, we we have not discussed this at length. No. It's not like we're about to confess something to you that we've concluded that we've been lying to you. This is a legitimate exercise right now mm -hmm. in your presence yeah. of us analyzing this mythologized story. 
So we certainly I have met, analyzed it on my own a few times. We but. certainly <laughs> met in first grade. In Miss Locklear's class in and, 1984 in Bowie's Creek. And we were certainly both there the first day. We were definitely both there the first day. Now, I'm gonna go back to what I remember. I'm gonna try to get back to what I actually remember. I remember both of us getting in trouble and I remember both of us being held in from recess and I remember both of us coloring pictures. And I know. And, judge, and looking at how you were coloring and making a judgment about it. Very, an early, early accounts of that story f- included the memory from me of, again, now I'm just remembering the remembering of the memories which is what humans do anyway. This is Well, not but just I'm me. going back to what I think are core, because a couple okay, of things, a core memory. but there's a couple of things about that that I'll get into in a I, second. I, I remember Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Like there was a point when I accessed that as what I believe to be a core memory of what we were coloring or I was coloring. I Now that memory came from you. Yes. The fact that it was from, it was yeah. Paul Bunyan, because yeah. I don't remember what we were coloring. Um. And so I, I don't have an opinion about that. Here's here's what I believe to here's if I if you put me up against the wall, here's what I believe. I don't think it was the first day of first grade. Okay? I don't think that we were it I don't think we got in trouble like, on the first day of first grade. It sounds like a simplification. I think what happened was we we it's safe to say that we met in some form because you pretty much in some form you meet everybody in yeah. your class on the first day of First grade, yeah, 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 and and that's when you moved from California. You, I was there in kindergarten. You weren't, you know. And, so, and so I yeah, remember... we met on the first day of first grade. But then at some point, we both got in trouble. Well, I know we both got in trouble because I, you know, but back I, in the day, they used to give the uh, I could see how the numbers on conduct, uh huh, and it was the higher the number, the worse it was, mm-hmm. and and if it was a. And four. four was the worst, and I always got fours. <laughs> and it, but the reason I always got fours, you were talkative, is because I just wouldn't shut up. Self control. I, I find uh, it hard to believe. I got good hygiene. That I yeah. They used, hi- to, they used to rank your hygiene. hygiene was on your report card. Yeah, I'm sure I did great on that. Yeah, what, I, I find I, I, I want to talk about that. I a find bit. it hard to believe that I was a I was talkative and boisterous at that age because I was. When I access my feelings from that time, thank you therapy, I access a lot of timidity and uh, early anxiety. Uh, so it didn't actually, it didn't didn't manifest itself. We'll talk about first like impressions. Me but, becoming a cut up, but here, but and a class a couple, clown couple was of later. If you if I had to bet, and part of this is influenced by the fact that when we met Miss Locklear. When we tracked her down for our documentary, looking for Miss Locklear, which you should watch, even though yes, you know we found her, is still the spoiler is still worth it. It's only an hour long. Um, she told us, and this was not captured in the uh, it, documentary. It was captured, but we didn't. It's not, I think it's, we it's, didn't put it, it in the is, edit. Yeah, we edited it out. She was like, "Now See, we, we weren't comfortable then, like we are now." And just and, it, it, and at no point had I thought that the thing about being held in from recess together was made up. No. But she said, I really doubt that I held y'all in from recess because I've never done that as a punishment. And, and we were like, well. We're gonna edit this out. Yeah, what we yeah, were thinking. yeah, but <laughs> this I, ain't going in our documentary. But I was like, that, 
But I know, but like, I believe that to be true. Like, yeah. And that was a, there's memories pre being a nasty word, public figure. Uh, like, you know, when you have to like answer questions by people, reporters and stuff like that, or you're simplifying things and you're, you're, you're an entertainment act. At that point, all bets are off. You're gonna like massage things and you're gonna tell the big fish story and the story's gonna be this big. But back before when I was just remembering things on my own and we were remembering things as friends, right. I was 100% sure that we were held in from recess yeah, we and weren't, we were coloring. We weren't, we were doing some interviews for local papers, but it was, you know, and we were, maybe there was a temptation to massage the story for the documentary or to simplify it, but no, we absolutely, believed, I cannot remember, I don't have, I cannot visualize getting in trouble, but I know in my heart of hearts that we did get in trouble. But I'm 100% sure, this is something I would bet everything on. We were not being held in from recess for writing profanity on our desks. Okay, but we, we, be we believe we were being held in from recess even though Ms. Locklear said she didn't, I believe she that, never did I that. I believe that she did that. So it's like, if if we weren't held in from recess, we were punished in some way that I think it's it might have been a succinct way to say it was, we were held in from recess. That's a that's a more visceral way to sit, to a, a, a picture to paint than just, oh, we were punished and we had to color pictures. Like the two of, the scene that everyone's out, everyone's outdoors and we are in the room, just the two of us, I am willing to say that might not be true. <laughs> okay, but oh, you glossed over something, Mr. Neal. You glossed over the, the what we were being punished for. I'm saying I am 100%. Oh no, I'm out, saying that's out, the next thing. Out of whole cloth, yeah. we made up the th writing profanity on our desks. We for, and, for a while we said we didn't remember what we wrote. What here's what we did, and then we just added what we did write. Here's what we did. I agree. <laughs> we did not. I do How not do you believe feel that, right now. I do, do you not feel believe deceived? that we wrote profanity on our desk because we neither one of us would have ever done that. Not right. You you wouldn't have defaced things. Hell no. Just out of personal principle. Damn no. I would not have defaced things out of fear of being murdered by my. I parents. have never defaced anything in a graffiti-esque type of way yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, I was, I mean. Like, I couldn't, I don't think I could bring myself to do it now. I mean, ironically, we, we invite people to do that when we well, had we, guests on yeah, your business. Yeah, we invited them. But it wasn't, you know, we invited them to. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I've never done it. I would have so, never done it. 100% confident that That's I did not do that. But here's my defense <laughs> for the lie. What we said at first was most likely something to the effect of, because the reporter will ask, well, you know, what were you, what, what, what did you do? And we're like, well, we probably. Wrote some words on our desk. Probably, probably wrote something, probably were writing, made something writing on Versus, the desk. Well, we talked too much. I remember that the desks had writing on them. From previous generations. From other people. And and that is something that you would have gotten in trouble for. I think so that I, happened during the song. I think, by the way, the song. I, I think we pro I think we probably said something like before the song. You know what? We were probably scribbling on our desks. Like oh, and then the reporter's like, "What were you writing?" And we're like, "Well, we got to come up with something." It's like I, I don't know. We we might have been writing profanity. You know, it was probably just like couched in hypothetical. That then the next time we told the story, it was like, you know what that. 
that was a better story. We're gonna keep it couched in hypothetical, but we're gonna tell it more succinctly. And then over time, the succinctability of it removes the hypothetical. Well, and I think here- And then you write a song. Here's my defense of how this happens, okay? Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. And I and I honestly I don't have any idea how people are perceiving this right now. If they're like their whole if they're like disappointed, I don't know what it is, but like I've always seen the story of how we met as like a comedy routine that is based in something that actually happened. But like no stand-up comedian who tells a story is telling you something that happened to them exactly the way that it happened to them. They are taking what happened and then they are mythologizing it in a way to make it funny and entertaining because their job is not a historian, their job is a comedian, right? Is, is this argument working? <laughs> and so, I, I don't fully but, buy but it. Now, but now, but no, but now, but so, I mean, but it is when but a stand-up yeah. comedian is like, "Listen, on the way here," and that's a lie. Okay, it, if they say that something just happened to them today, one hundred percent of the time it did not happen to them that day. Okay, if you if you live in a world, and and by the way, if nobody watches they the late the late night shows anymore, but if you go on the late if if, you, if you're on the late night show and all of a sudden the actor has like a funny story, um, that's all rehearsed. Okay, it's not like they're just like, you know what, what you just said, Jimmy, just made me think of this thing. It's all rehearsed. Sorry to, if that if you didn't already know that. But um, I think that this is, this is the entertainment version of Rhett and Link, having a, a cool packaged story that is largely true. Largely but true. But embellished to so a point large. to make it snappy and funny. Yeah. And I mean, and, and but at I, least we're coming out and saying that's the case. And I do think, there's an there's an evolution of the hypothetical to just leaving out that the phrase of the hypothetical is just a thing of rhythm that I'm very good at doing. I'm just like, you know what? This is a this is a better way to tell the story. It still feels hypothetical and then after a while it stops feeling hypothetical to me. Here's the best example of that just as a little aside. We'll come back to the origin story because it's always cracked me up. Yeah. So you know our story after we graduated from college, we were engineers for a while, and then we went on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, the missionary organization that we were involved in as students, right? So we were like college missionaries for a couple of years, mm -hmm. going around telling people how to tell people about Jesus, right? And so, but in order to do that, if you're gonna go on staff with crew, you have to raise support, which means you have to go and ask people for money. Like sit down with individuals and, and families. You do and a presentation. Do a you, presentation. You go to somebody's home and you break out your laptop. You do a little presentation and you say, "So, would you be interested in giving us or supporting our mission a hundred dollars a month or something like that?" Yeah, I had to explain why the two of us were going to be <laughs> we're going to be speakers and seminar creators and resident comedians and filmmakers. 
Like, how do you make sense of that? Right. Well, you talk about the stories from our past of how we did that. Right. Which we did a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. But the evolution of how it came about was like right at the time we were raising support was when me and you had become like a comedy duo who was like making stuff together and singing together and doing conferences and stuff like that. But during college, I was emceeing with Greg. As a sidekick. And then you were leading the worship team. Yeah. And we weren't doing comedy together. We would make vid- we would make the videos together. Like you would like film the videos of me and Greg and stuff. But like that's too complicated to explain to a 65-year-old dude who's just sitting there falling asleep and just wants to hear you tell people about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you simplify I understand the motivation. Greg I became Greg in the story slowly over time. <laughs> but I but but my theory is is that after telling that story a few times, you believed that to be the case. And I think it, Christy did too. <laughs> Because <laughs> she was there, she we, she never said. You know what? It's that the story's changed. You know, Greg used to be in there, and now you're just Greg too. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a chance yeah. to talk to Greg uh, about this, yeah, we, 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 we need to. But okay, but back to the story. So you were saying that the. So I don't think it was the first day. I don't think, Miss Locklear doesn't think we were held in. We know that we weren't writing nasty words on the desk. We don't know what it was. I think we got in trouble, but I think that the coloring was maybe not the punishment, but we ha- I have a visceral memory of s- sitting down and watching you, coloring right next to you. It always in my mind was just the two of us in the classroom. But I believe the fa- the only real fact that I could defend is that I once sat next to you and colored and made observations about the nature of the way you were coloring and I was like, wow, he's like really precise. It's like, mm-hmm. go on. What does he try, like, I remember thinking like, what is he trying to prove? <laughs> it was like, what, I, what of, did I prove? Because first grade, go on. you know what I'm saying? First grade is like, most kids in first grade are just like, they're holding, this is what I was doing, you're holding the crayon like this, like you're holding it like you're, like you're gonna kill somebody. You're gonna like stab somebody with a crayon. And then it just makes contact with the paper and you just move it. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I look. Me not like, know what wheel is. And you're like, it's, it's like really even. I'm like, wow, is he is he submitting this to a contest? Because I didn't know this was a con- contest and now I need to try. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh no, this is just art time. I'm not, wor- I'm not interested in this. Uh, but I know that that happened, but I, I'm not willing to stand by the fact that, that those two events coincided and it was actually while we were being punished. Well, it sounds like at least three events have been combined into one. You remember us coloring. Yeah. We know we met on the first day of first grade. Had to. And we know we got in trouble at some point at the same time? Well, I'm sure that that happened. Okay. So those three things were compiled into one mythologized origin story. Is there any other part of this that we need to analyze or is that it? Cause I'm not gonna, if we're gonna come clean, it's gonna be now. I'm not gonna, I don't wanna come back to this feeling. Um, I, the last, wh- where, it, where it all started to fall apart, you know? Yeah, right. This is what happens. We came clean, it's all falling apart, including our friendship. I mean, hmm. and from that point on, so yeah. I'll just move on then, because I don't think there's anything else. Well, no. From that point on, we were best friends. And I think the analysis of the the rest of this episode will um, call that into question. Well, I, I, the only thing I'll say is, I'm not changing the story at this point. I'm not, okay. Oh, yeah, so I, let's I, decide. I, I want to establish 
how, so how we're going to tell the origin story. The next time you're listening to an interview or us talk to somebody and tell this story, it's we're going to say the, the exact same thing we've always said. Yeah. We're not gonna change it and be like, you know, really what happened was, is we just met in first grade. We're gonna tell the entertaining, embellished mythology of our friendship, and we're gonna tell it until the day we die. And you know what? There'll be a little twinkle in our eye because you'll know the truth. And nobody's nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting hurt, okay? Right? We're all we're what's all, it, what's we're it all stake in this here? together. What's at stake here? Right? We're all in this together. If does it really matter? If if it comes out that it's all a sham, and it's not, by the way, we never said it was. <laughs> well, it's an amalgamation of truth. It's an then. amalgamation of truth simplified into a compelling narrative. And if you wanna mess that up, well, you're implicating yourself. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but so we're trusting you. And we're gonna keep telling that story. And I'm gonna have a hard time for the next year or so, but then I'll get over here's, it. I'll, I'll probably forget this conversation. Here's some, and be cool. With here's it again. something that I here, I'll go out on another limb here. Do it, and say that if this, you know, you should analyze how this makes you feel if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. because what you probably should understand is that the vast majority of news and history pretty much follows what we what what we did. You not ever, only that. You ever read the Bible? Oh god. <laughs> uh, not only that, I would say you're take a hard look at your own experience and your own memories. Your memories are a recollection of memories. Every time you remember something, we we talked about this. You're reconstructing the memory in your brain and if some and it evolves. Yeah. This is science. <laughs> this is science. So um, um, we're all in this together, like yeah. it, like I was saying. And, and uh, at least we came clean. <laughs> we are so defensive <laughs> right now. And no, I just, I feel good. I feel good about it. Well, I think I mean, it was hilarious. I, I feel great. I, I feel great. We feel so great. We feel great. I can tell that we both feel great about it. Um, we're so proud of ourselves. Ear Biscuits is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house. Um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code EAR. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. It's, it is canon. I would like to talk a little bit about first impressions as I remember them. Okay. We've already talked a little bit about my impression of like how you the were coloring. coloring. 
But, and I actually didn't, I had to kind of dig back and think like, what, what do I remember thinking about Link in meeting him? Now I've already established that my MO was to, I, was, I wasn't, I didn't perceive you as timid, but I know that I definitely was not timid in terms of my, I threw myself at people, right? In a way that I don't do now. Like I'm more of an introvert, but I was a weird extrovert in like elementary school in the way that I would just like meet somebody and then within the first five minutes invite myself to spend the night at their house that night. I did it with anybody. And so I was very drawn to now just Now I'm like, wondering if everything you're saying is an oversimplification. Like the first time you met him, you'd invite yourself over to the That's house. an oversimplification. It is. But very, very early, like alarmingly early, usually in the first day, I would be like, hey, so like, uh, you, what do you think about sleepovers? I don't, you know, I would, I, it's just I'd find a way to, that's all true. Um, so I was, but I would, you know, I was kind of evaluating like, oh, this person seems, uh, there's something here. Like this person seems like they'd be fun or like we could have a good time together, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously I thought that about you because I'm pretty sure we had sleepovers in first grade. But here's the thing that I remember about you. I find that hard to believe. Okay, that maybe seems, maybe I did. That seems really early for me. Okay, I remember thinking that you were very clean. <laughs> clean? <laughs> Speaking of hygiene, that you were like very put together, like you had this like, your hair, it was like, it's like somebody's, like he's really, he really is caring about, like his hair and his clothes. Somebody's like, combing their like, head of hair. His hair is combed, his, 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 <laughs> his clothes like <laughs> match, like someone is like, laying them out or he cares about it. Like, you know, I'm wearing like gray sweatpants and a gray sweatshirt. <laughs> you're like, that's an outfit, I'm there. You know what I mean? And like, you're like, I'm like a blue Coke shirt and yellow Coke pants. And like, you know what I'm saying? And that, I know this wasn't just first grade, but I remember thinking that it was like, but I, I didn't process it. You know, I'm first grade. So I, it's, I'm looking back and thinking that like, what did you think about? But do you remember? This on, kid. Like, even on the first day of a grade, would would you? I mean, early on, would your Not parents? First grade. Would your parents put you in an outfit and take your picture? No. Yeah. Every every year, um, I would I would be put in an outfit, and my mom would take my picture with like my new trapper keeper and my lunchbox, and I'm standing in front of the closet and. Now I'm going to school and boy, this is really built up and I'm, I don't know how I feel about I this. I think my parents were just happy. My, my anus is very tight right now. Oh gosh. I think my parents were just happy to get us to school without someone dying. You, you had an older brother too. Yeah. It was just like, this is old news to them. Yeah, the sweat, just put on your sweats. It's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go out and you're gonna play some b-ball? And, and, and I had a, I don't know if in first grade, I didn't have a buzz cut in first grade, but like, it, pretty early on, I was just like, they're just like, there's just tend into the barbershop and put it on level one. Like me and my brother just had ones. Just it's like it was it was like a military family, <laughs> but it really wasn't. It was a family that just didn't care about just like okay, well you, you go to school like we're we gonna care. Oh, we care what you look like when you go to church, and we care what you look like on picture day, sorta, <laughs> sorta, but not really. Yeah, for me, it's like you know. I was an only child and it was like, you know, my mom was like, I was her little baby. So like, she's like doing, you know, she's like, everything's gotta be right for for little Linky, you know? <laughs> but for you, it's like, you're the second. And it's, there, there's also two opinions in your house. 
So it's like, even if you're, if your dad wanted to dress you up and your mom was like, oh, don't worry about it. Let him wear his sweats or vice versa. I'm sure my dad was not right. like, let's dress up. My I'm, dad was like. I'm just giving, you know, no. I'm not trying to play into <laughs> gender stereotypes here, but I'm just saying there were, there, you're, there's two opinions and those opinions are distributed over two boys. Whereas me, it's one opinion that was not throttled, my mom's opinion that I did not question. I was like, okay, yeah, it's like, oh, this is how things are done. I also think it's a disposition too because sure. we actually think about like Jesse and I have both had probably more opinions than we should have about like what our kids wear when they go when they go places. You know what I'm saying? I think it might just be Oh yeah, I just like living in a more superficial culture or whatever, but yeah. it's kind of like, hey, bro, like that doesn't match, or like you, your hair looks crazy right now. Those conversations didn't happen in my home. You know what I mean? It no. just didn't. It just just that wasn't a part that I remember. It doesn't. It wasn't a part of things. It was kind of like, yeah, you're dressed and you're alive. I'll tell you what. Get out. What there. wasn't a part of my life, and that was a part. I know that my hair was just combed straight. You had a bowl forward. cut. It was combed straight forward. Yeah, and there was no, but it was combed. I, brush. I remember thinking, his hair looks like it's cut by a lady. <laughs> like, you know, as a total, yeah, a total generalization. Yeah, it was. Bec and now her, her like, name not was Rudolph Blanchard, who I, was just. I will say, her name was Bobby, though. So oh, she, really? She didn't have a man's name. Okay. But um, but she like she no was one. A, she was a woman. Scissors did not see my hair until. 30, the age of 30. <laughs> I mean, I went through my whole 20s cutting my own hair with a with, with clippers. I mean, like, with scissors, I could see, you, 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 were, you had scissors on your hair. I think. It was, all, it was written all over your face. I'm trying to think what my first impressions of you were because I, I, I have to kind of interpolate from, from the facts that I know. I, I don't, and maybe I'll access a memory, but nothing specific comes to mind like it does for you. It's like, I'm so good. I made such a strong impression on you. <laughs> so many visceral and specific memories. But it was a, but it, but because it was different, that's what I'll say that like, I felt mm -hmm. like yeah. most of the other kids yeah. sort of seemed like, yeah, like we're in first grade. We're just, we're just kind of like. Going with existing. it. Existing. Yeah. But it was like, oh, this kid is like, he's. Put together. It's picture day every day for this kid. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I like that, I, yeah, yes, definitely. And for the reasons that I mentioned. I think that, um, you know, it, I don't think it was anything that I analyzed, it was just the the opinions in my life, basically my mom. Were but like, you don't think that I never you, questioned it. You don't think that you. And I never looked around, I don't think, I, I was, I was self-conscious. I do have this early uh, preschool memory of like, I was, the guys were so rambunctious and physical, like there was like wrestling happening in preschool and I was afraid of the guys and I would, I would always hang out with the girls. And like the guys would climb this um, fort structure built indoors at the Lillington First Baptist Church and be up there and I would, doing rambunctious stuff and I was just intimidated and so I would hang out with the girls. Well, I, and 
No, I didn't. So I there's didn't like know a you kindergarten version of that. I didn't know you at that time, but what I do remember along those lines is that it was a very quickly first grade was version. like he's not he's not interested in sports. Now again, I wasn't. I didn't have a uh, yeah. I've never really been that like. Ju- I'm not a judgmental person. You know what I'm saying. So it's so so it's not like he's not interested in sports. So therefore he's not my friend. Like that, no, that it kind was of thought like process doesn't happen. It's apparently like, it was he's different. I gotta see his house. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I gotta spend a night. It, like, you, but it was clear that like even in first grade, I remember in first grade, first second grade, talking to other boys about you know like J.R. Reed's coming to Carolina. Like that's a con- that's a level of conversation right. that I would have with these other kids who like cared about college sports and like what was happening at Carolina and State and Duke at the time, right? And a lot of that comes from the fact that like, okay, my dad was really into sports and the, all these other kids' dads were really into sports and I had yeah. a brother and that kind of thing. But it was like, that wasn't a conversation I was gonna have with you. That didn't, it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have a different conversation with this with this guy. My first impression of you had to have been related to the fact that like you weren't there the year before in kindergarten, you were, you were taller than everybody. Yeah, I was already taller, skinny. Taller. You had this. You had this look about you. A look, it's like you know. Uh, I'm. Like, I'm like not a gonna hulk, like I, a falcon. I'm not gonna say it's Gollum esque, but you had bigger eyes, and you were gangly. And if but you you did just say if it you was got Gollum-esque. down on all fours, I'm not gonna say that's like. You know how in like, the Fellowship of the Ring they had they put Gollum in there for a few seconds, but you didn't really. Like they hadn't fully figured out who Gollum was. They hadn't done all the CGI. So like in Two Towers, he's fully fleshed out and looks looks different. But in like the first one, he's kind of like sh- this shadowy new character that you don't really know. And like, boy, he's really hunched over, and you can kind of count all of his vertebrae. And boy, there's a. And he looks like he has some extra vertebrae, <laughs> and his eyes are so big. You're talking That's probably what I thought. You're talking but more. I, I'm, I'm not going to say because I don't remember. You're talking, but factually, that's not true because <laughs> I I looked that way during and shortly after puberty. I actually was just kind of a tall kid, but proportionally I'm relatively just, normal. Okay, I began looking like Gollum hey, in man, ninth grade. I was just joking. Okay, well, it's a good joke. Um, it was a good run there. Now, it was let, worth the 90 seconds that it took. Let's go. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1 800 Discover to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm sure I wasn't the only one who thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so we were, let, let's go through the teachers we had okay. from, from first to sixth grade. First grade, Miss Locklear's class. Mm-hmm. Second grade, I was in Miss Bailey's class. I was in Miss Lawrence's class. So we were not in the same class. Right. Um, and we can revisit some of these, but I just kind of want to go through it. Third grade. I was in Miss Hood's class. I, we were both in Miss Hood's class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember you being in Miss yeah, Hood's yeah, class. Yeah. You remember me being in Miss Hood's class? Yeah, yeah, and that's when Ben, and that's the year Ben moved into town from Oklahoma. Okay. Third grade. Um, so I, re- I remember really liking Miss Hood's class. Miss Hood was, was great. She, she, she was, was a, tough, but she was great. She was a great teacher. Um, fourth grade. Miss Everhart. 
I was in Miss Rand's class. Right, yeah. Now, what happened was, <laughs> um, they, they did this thing where it was like, by this age, all the, all the kids knew that they were labeled as, like some kids got this AG label, academically gifted. Right. And there was this, it was a, it was something that everybody knew and it was, it, I don't think it was healthy that we all knew it. No. And so then you were kind of put into different classes based on that. It was like, oh, you're in the smart class or you're in the not so smart class. Miss Everhart was the smart class. Miss Rand was the not so smart class. Right. Um, and, and you're right. We all kind of like, we all knew it. Y'all knew it. And the reason why, I was a smart kid. I think I was, I was in that buck, the AG bucket. Uh, no judgment to those who weren't. I guess maybe I'm, I don't wanna imply that. But my mom had heard all this stuff about how Miss Everhart was so tough on her students. Oh, she gives so much homework. She's so, she pushes them so hard that my mom went to school and requested that I not get Miss Everhart. And then Ms. I was- Miss Everhart was a, actually an incredible teacher. I know, that's the sad thing about now, her. Her room like, was out in one of those trailers. Yeah, she was isolated so she could get away with all types of stuff. My mom right. didn't want didn't want little Linky to to have to and, suffer through. And the smart kids, by the way, got a computer. Did y'all have a computer in your classroom? Uh-uh. Yeah, we had like two. They gave two they gave us two computers and they gave y'all zero computers. Um, I'm sorry, man. Your mom screwed that one up big time. I and that was the year I learned my multiplication tables. And I learned how to beat Oregon Trail. I do, yeah, I didn't get to play it. I had to go to the library to play Oregon Trail. Yeah, I could do it anytime I wanted. Um, man, I, re I remember, well, I, it, I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna talk about my teacher, but it was like, yeah, the classes, it just wasn't the same caliber. Uh, caliber. Fifth grade, I was in Miss Hobbs, Hobbs class. And I, Hobbs, yeah. I couldn't remember if you were in there. Yeah. The, my big thing about that year, my claim to fame, was that's when I won the, the anti-drug poster contest <laughs> and had to travel with Miss Hobbs to the Kiwanis Club dinner at the Western Sizzler and Dunn. We haven't given the update, I'm not gonna do it now, but just as a reminder, we haven't given the update about what we learned about, we met someone who knew about your the, the, the poster contest. I need to get the full story and, and report back. From Cole. Yeah, from my brother. Bro my brother. Brother met someone who was in charge of choosing the winner of that contest. The <laughs> other thing I remember, oh wow. The other thing I remember from Miss Hobbs was she was pregnant that year and mm -hmm. and lots of times she was not in a good headspace. I remember her seeming a little bit uh, perturbed with the children, yeah. Yeah, she had a short fuse and a, and a, a very pregnant belly. Yeah. It's like, I, I, in retrospect, I kind of feel for her. Oh yeah, like, could you man, imagine? I was, like, I was like, what is wrong with this woman? I mean, I know that she's pregnant, but I mean, what's her problem? She was, now she, she was like, a good, good teacher though. Gosh. She was, she was a good teacher. Learned a lot um, of math in that class. Yeah. And then in sixth grade, I was in Miss Campbell's class. And I was in Miss Lanier's class. Miss Lanier's class. And at that point. I really feel like I missed out on Miss Lanier's class, but Miss Campbell was super sweet. It was a combination class, so there was some, uh, it was the smart sixth graders and the not as smart seventh graders. Yeah, right. That's yep. <laughs> That's really how it worked. Um, yeah, but pretty simple. You know, it's I, we haven't thought really thought about it in a while. That like every we met in first grade, then every other year we weren't in the same class. Yeah. So and you have this memory of like from the beginning going on sleepovers to people's homes in the book of mythicality. Um, 
if you're into this type of conversation and you haven't uh, gotten your copy of the Book of Mythicality, get one because there's stories that we're not gonna share here and lots of other stories um, from our from our shared best friendship, even though now we're dismantling it. Um, <laughs> available in audiobook form as well that we read. Oh, probably even better. Um, I don't remember spending the night I remember there, I told the story of spending a night at Zach West's house, and then he he pile drived me, hmm. and uh, he wasn't best friend material, is how I put it in the book. Right. I think I spent the night at Matthew Enzor's house once, and like his dad Benny was watching Alien, and like I felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> So yeah, it's just like know, I just remember feeling uncomfortable in other environments. Like I I I was only comfortable at home. So I can believe that if you invited yourself over to my house, I wasn't going to say no. I would be like, "Sure." But I I would not have been comfortable going to your house at such an early age. Oh, I didn't invite people to my house. Cuz I already know about that. Okay. So I didn't have sleepovers at my house until like n very few of probably these people. Sixth, probably sixth grade, maybe yeah. seventh grade. Yeah, so, okay. My, and that's when I would have started spending the night at your house. My perspective on this is that, uh, again, I, the way that my brain works is that I, I don't, especially at the time, I didn't like categorize people, right? And so if you asked me in first grade, who's your best friend? I'd be like, I, I, got, I got lots of friends. And I would probably answered that question the same way. I would say that there was probably like third and fourth grade after Ben moved into town. Yeah. There was probably, especially that year, um, the Miss Everhart year where we were not in the same class. Yeah. Where I would have said Ben was my best friend if you would have put me up against wall. But I, but I did not think. Maybe in not. Terms. And maybe not. And there's a reason I'll I give in a minute, in but I'm not surprised by this. Yeah. But I, did, I, did, sense. I didn't think in terms of that, it was more just like, there's people that I like to hang out with. But everybody, a whole lot. I, I, like, if I mention any guy, tell me if you spend the night at the house. Adam. Yeah. David R. Yes. Uh, you didn't, let's see, who, uh, the Enzors? Did you spend the night at Matthew uh, Enzors' house? Not yet, definitely at least a couple of times, but I don't remember exactly, it may have been a little bit later. Tate Maddox. Oh yeah, multiple times. Uh, who who else? Um, Zach. You spent a night at Zach's house. Oh yeah, Julian. Oh, Julian, skateboarder? Yeah. Oh, he was too intimidating. And I think Chris too. Chris Morris? I think so. Uh, of course, Peter, Peter Dinklage, not the Peter Dinklage. Well, he was um, your neighbor, so you'd walk over. He was younger too. You, you would spend a night at somebody a year younger. You got a house. You got a fridge. You got a TV. I'm there. <laughs> so Justin. You would, oh, Justin. Mm -hmm. You you'd go around the corner to Justin's house. Every kid in my neighborhood was on the list. Uh, Michael Juby. He was. Oh in the mix yes, then. Michael Juby had the best house. He had that had a loft with a spiral loft staircase with a spiral staircase. He, he and he was on a golf course. Oh yeah, hole thirteen at the time on Keith Hills, man. Dang, and his parents, his, his parents, parents were, were fun so cool. to talk to. So cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I, did, I didn't spend the night at any of these people's houses <laughs> ever. 
I was gregarious, man. Like, I was at, out for a good time. That when Adam Nicholson had that sleepover for his birthday and we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that may have been the first time I spent the night at anyone's house. And that was probably seventh grade, sixth grade. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I can name 10 more, by the way, if you, I, I need a yearbook. Okay, we won't get into it. You know, Brooks. I don't, okay, so Brooks was younger too. Two years younger. But, but we, he was a family friend. We were, our families were really close. And what, so, and you loved it? You were never like, get me out of here? No, man. I, I, Here's the thing, I, I, I mean, we're so different in this way. But this is but it, something. But it didn't register. That's no, but the thing. this is something that I, I didn't know about myself, and I've never really thought about it. But like I, especially back in the day, I don't, feel, I don't feel like I do this as much anymore. But like, I would find a way to connect with somebody. I would be like, this is the thing that they're into, and it's just like I'm into everything. So when I go to this person's house, all we talk about is this. And you know, I, what? I didn't dictate what we talked about. It was like this person's into this. This person's really into Nintendo. Well, I can be really into Nintendo. You spent the night at Chad Lander's house. Yes, and just played Nintendo. Just like he would do a speed run through it all. Uh, I think there was one. I think one time. Okay, but and it's funny because now that I've learned more about the Enneagram. Uh, you know, they, one of the things they call the, the Enneagram three is the chameleon, right? Hmm. It's a person who blends in, can enter into a environment and immediately be like, "This is what we're doing here. All right, this is what I'm doing. If that's what makes everybody happy, that's what I'm going to do." And, and that brought me joy. And you had a really stable home life. You know, I think, and it's, I'm doing some work now to kind of go back to that yeah. point and. This is kind of helpful. Like I'm, I'm not going to bring it up here. Like I'm not going to bring the therapy component into this, except to say maybe later. But for now, the only thing I'll say is that, like, yeah, I'm coming to grips with the fact that, like, um, you know, my mom did an excellent job. I, I'm not critiquing anything she did with the hand that was dealt her, but it was not. I had this perception of it. It, it was not a stable environment. You know. And it and I had this really keen sense of, like, just a, a gut feeling of of lack of safety outside of the home. Um, that's an oversimplification and maybe an overdramatization of it, but it was like that. That's kind of how I ventured into the world was with trepidation. Yeah. So, you know, when you were spending the night at people's homes, like, what was I doing? I was I was doing my own thing at home, like watching this new thing called Nickelodeon on hmm. channel 34. I didn't have cable, that was another reason I had to get to other people's homes, um, they had cable. And then I would I would, do ex, I would do some exploring in the woods and all the stuff around my house uh, alone. I would pretend to be an army guy who was yeah, like, and we uh, had, like a commando. And we had the, so you remember those duck boots that everybody had, and on the back of them they said explorers, uh huh, because I think it was like an addition of that duck boot. Yeah. So Cole and I had those, and then Jeremy Fisher down the the street uh, had those boots as well, and so we were the explorers. But that was again, that was with neighborhood kids. Yeah, that was with my older brother, three years any older, and so we would neighborhood go, kids yeah, and like name the forts yeah. and stuff like that. But like my community wasn't like that. We were on opposite sides of town. Right. So, but, but I think one of the main 
forces that brought us together and it superseded school um, and then might change a little bit of the complexion of like what would have been in your mind as a fourth grader saying that Ben was your best friend, which you certainly would have said, uh, but would have kind of put me in that conversation was church. Yeah. Um, you know, from 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 the moment you moved there, you joined Bowie's Creek First Baptist Church, the the church that me and mom and a stepdad Jimmy went to. It was so we were at that church. Why do you think your parents chose that church? Um, I think I think Jimmy had a connection to that church that went further back. So it was like there was a a, a longer established connection there. But and then I was very, we were both very involved. Your parents were very involved. My mom, if she could, if she could pull everything together in time to get to church on time, <laughs> yeah. she was, she was going to be there, but she, you know, she had a hard time getting ready. Um, to the point where at a certain point I'd be like, mom, you need to stop halfway and you like, in your like makeup and hair routine to bring me to church because kids are making fun of me for being late for church every Sunday morning for Sunday school. And then she would come back and like show up halfway through the Sunday school lesson or just show up at church. She could not get herself ready. Wow. Um, but yeah, we would, Sunday school and church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night there'd be something and then there was usually another, another night of the week that we were at church. So it was like even the years that we weren't in the same class, we were we were spending like our youth group time yeah, and true. church time together, and like so, and and we were very close in in that world. Like if you think of everybody else that went to church, who were the other guys that went to church with us? There wasn't like Matthew McKinney went to church with us, and, uh, and, Matt, and, and Matthew and John. Matthew Matthew and John Enzor, but. So it was a smaller group that like we were the we were the closest to, to yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By by that and time, so, by and, that time, and I that was from an early time. And by third grade, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I would not have said that any of those other kids that I had spent the night with were my best yeah. friends. I would be like, my friends are Ben and Link. Yeah. In terms of like my friends my age, and then I would, and then I would be, and I think I would have been like, and I hang out with Brooks quite a bit. Sports, too, but yeah, yeah. When you talk about Brooks, sports was such a big part of your like basketball. Yeah, like you played everything. You played baseball. You played soccer. I played soccer from. That was the big thing in Bowie's Creek. Everybody there was like a five, six, and seven year old team recreation team. Like they started you really young. It was like very organized. There was basketball. Recreation didn't exist. Yeah, baseball recreation didn't exist. But like, it was interesting that soccer was the thing that was like really exploding in like the late eighties, and so and, Cam and Campbell had a really good team. That, that's right. So like, I I always played soccer and had a, enough confidence to to at times begin to enjoy it, but not any other sports. But you were into every sport, so we didn't connect in that way, but. I I played all the other sports all the way through, you know, uh, up until yeah, like baseball started at like maybe sixth grade, mm -hmm. and I did play. Boy, I hated that. Maybe yeah. fifth grade. Yeah, but so a little bit of soccer, but it was mainly church, 
And like your parents were so committed to it and I kind of folded in underneath that like level of commitment that was like, I was, I mean, as we've established from a young age, you followed your parents' example and I kind of followed your family's example of like being super committed. Yeah. It was like, that was from a very early age, our identity as people was right. our our evangelical belief system. Even in contrast to the other church across town, Memorial Baptist, it's like, oh, they're the, they're the more liberal church and like we had friends from school who went to that church but we thought of them differently because it wasn't, they weren't as uh, fervent in our opinion as we were. I mean, that that's a whole story in and of itself is just, yeah, the, the uh, there's a saying for that, the something of minor differences, I can't remember what it is, but it says uh, you've gotta have, you've gotta have an enemy and in this little teeny tiny town, there's two main churches that are two Baptist churches and those two Baptist churches have to find a way to look down on one another. It's just so crazy. Because the there were, I mean, work. read The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek, you'll see how we folded that into the novel, but, um, and there weren't many people, we, we didn't have many classmates who didn't go to one church or the other, you know? So it was really, that's why there was such a dichotomy. It's like everybody went to one church or the other. And we were getting we were getting closer to the group of, of kids that were our age that were, were were at church as well. And I and and as we got older, you know, it you start taking it more seriously. And so oh, yeah. then the fact that you take this very seriously and like you believe in God in this very particular way and you practice that belief, then you start making connections with people. And also right. there's like the whole like you start kind of drawing some political lines because that's part of it as well. And of course, we're talking early 90s um, South. By that time, the Christian right had pretty much taken hold in the conservative party, so mm -hmm. in Republicans, so it was just like, oh, are you a Democrat or a Republican? Right. So it's like you needed to be a Republican, Christian, in order to be like really in on the in club. And that was beginning, that was starting to filter in the way that we were thinking, right? Yeah. And I remember even, you know, around like fifth, sixth grade, Ben started to kind of experience some of the uh, some of the issues that the tension because he went to Memorial Baptist. Well, but also he was always such an open-minded, yeah. like challenging thinker, and his that, parents his were family too. Was. And so it's just like that started to get a little complicated. As I'm like getting serious about this, it's kind of like yeah, it's like your dad like, was a ben law is not, professor. He's not really into this. Like he's got Ben's more dad was a biology this. professor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like you, you know you can definitely see that vibe. Right. Of like, you know, this, the the, the rule following well, versus the- But coupled with the fact that Ben was also beginning to experience some emotional things and, and right. some physical things, like trying to figure out, is he got chronic fatigue, whatever. I can't remember exactly when that started to manifest itself, but that began to complicate. It's difficult for kids to understand how to navigate a friendship when someone's going through stuff like that. Which, again, we'll refer to the other podcast yeah. that, um, you know, where we talked at length about Ben, our other best friend, so we don't have to get back into that now. But I mean, we, we certainly connected over like being out in nature. So even though you spent a lot of time playing basketball as we got into these, these older elementary grades, like you were, you were I, was, I was more comfortable coming out of my shell, you know, 
ramping up into middle school and like uh, starting to get, like we connected over like being in nature and I got in on what you and Ben were doing. But back to the church thing, I mean, our our first teacher I remember was Miss Tolsma, Tolsom, something like that. She, I do not remember well, her. She was my neighbor across the street, and she she was our Sunday school teacher at first. Was she blonde and had all the kids? She had the two twins who were blonde. The blonde twins. Oh, good gosh, the, the really the fantasies, the fantasies. I don't just going over there and swinging on a swing set with those blonde twins. Yeah, That's I all did, I wanted. I didn't remember. I just wanted to swing with them. I didn't remember being into them. But that was kind of like a normal Sunday yeah, school I teacher. I felt like you had different tastes Mom, in women. But the, as my point is, <laughs> she was a normal Sunday school teacher, but then Miss Cluck showed up. You oh, remember Miss Cluck? Yeah, okay, now we're talking, now I remember. Miss Cluck uh, you know, had a son who was a year older than us, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her husband was, he was a science guy at Campbell well, they lived in that house that like the camp, not the Campbell house, but near the Campbell house, where like people who were in town working at Campbell would like live for a little he bit. He was a professor, but he had just, they had, yeah, somehow they just moved in there. It was very associated know. with the school and, but she was very scholarly and kind of mm. this like homeschool precursor type thing. So like when we went to her Sunday school class, it wasn't just like, hey, here's a nice Bible story and you're gonna have some, some prayer and a craft. No, this was intense education. Like, this is what grace means. This is what mercy means. This is how they don't mean the same thing. And it's like posted all over the- Yeah, we were being indoctrinated real hard. And it was, yeah, she was- it Very was, It was very intense. Yeah. And she was a, she was a, I wouldn't say a, how would I describe her? S scholarly, intense, Proper, like prim and proper. It's kind of like if she could have had a ruler and smacked you on the hand. It was almost like if it was, you know, a couple of decades earlier. She was from she'd the old, been in that old, school. old school vibe. Um, and again, this is just Sunday school. This is just an elective thing. But, but you know, one of the things that I think is significant about this is that kids respond to this type of instruction, and let's just be honest, this type of indoctrination in different ways. Some kids sniff it out and are like, I'm not into this, and they rebel at that point and they kind of check out. Even though our personalities were very different, mm -hmm. we both locked in on this thing and we're like, for whatever reason, this is it, man, this is important. Like, I gotta listen to this, th these people. I gotta be about this. And I think that the fact that we both uh, lashed onto it so hard Really, is really brought us what, together. Is what made us such good friends. Yeah, leading into middle school. E even if we weren't in the same class, we didn't s see each other at school for every other year. Yeah, that that's absolutely what did it. You know, and and it, she was also artsy. She she didn't write it, but she brought in this um, play. The Bible tells me so. Show. Mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, her, that was her, huh? Her son, yep. Her son Sam was like, like a gifted actor and singer and very charismatic mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. larger than life. But in retrospect, I think it was okay. She can't cast her own son to be the starring role of this because the host of the show. We, you know, it was the Bible was tells like me so. Show was it was a spoof of Family Feud if Family Feud was just about Bible trivia. Yeah. And then the two teams 
that competed, that which like the two families were friend groups. So it's like all the, they were like all kids in a youth group that knew each other. So there was like some sort, I wouldn't call it drama, but there was interplay, friendship interplay between them. As part of the story. Christian interplay. As part of the story. As part of the story that rounded out it being. Because we were all in the same youth group. <laughs> yeah. So she couldn't cast her own son to be the star, which he clearly needed to be. Yeah, as I and, recall, that would be the case. Um, <laughs> and so she cast me to be the host of the Bible Tells Me So show. I remember you getting that part, and this was at a time that I was like, any sort of like, I was about being like a, a class clown and like, you know, cutting up and like getting attention in that way. I was too. And you were too. But when it came to like, this is organized and somebody else is dictating what this is, I was always like, this is not for me. Well, especially I, because it was a play. But yeah, yeah, we like I had this. We didn't think we were the drama kids. Right, right. But I remember you getting cast a, as that and and it's like now I'm thinking back to what I was, must have been thinking. It'd be like, well, you know what? He is very clean. Yeah, like a he, host, like he, a TV yeah. He's host. like he's very he's very put together. Like this is a good this is good casting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want to. You're not going to give the kid with the buzz the hosting job because like you had like hair, like you had hair that could be like combed into a. And at East, and it, Easter, I would wear suits to church. So yeah, yeah. I, I you, had a you, few you, suits. You had you, yeah. You had a blazer, at least one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's it pretty good casting. I think Sam would have taken it too gone too hard. He definitely would have gone too hard. He went so hard at everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, you were in the play. All, I was on one of the teams. All the youth group were there, but I had so good many, answer. Good answer. I had so many lines. That was one of my lines, and it was a musical. When I see trees, hold on, waving it, in the breeze. You had to sing that. Hear the birds in the air. I thank the Lord for all that he has done it's amazing to show me he cares. You don't remember that? No, man, I do remember that, dude. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good to all. This is why there's two of us. All. I remember he certain things the sun and he remembers to other light things. our day and helps the rain now, to Now, hold fall. on, do you think you could sing this without the fact that you found it on video? I found the video. I didn't watch it. I remember this stuff from then, absolutely. Really? The Dang. thing that I. It's crazy. And what I wanna do is, I'm gonna, I wanna, Digitize the. I've got this VHS. It's got my mom's handwriting on it. She kept it all these years, and now I have it. I want to digitize the Let's Bible tells me so show. Let's put it on the society, and we'll like do a director's commentary. Of, well, we didn't direct it. We'll get Miss Cluck to do. <laughs> no, we'll do a we'll do a participant, an actor's commentary over this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a good, good idea. I think we. We kind of have to put it on the mythical society just because that's where it makes the most sense, and there might be might be rights issues other otherwise. Um, that's what the mythical society is all about, man. Yeah, it's about uh, the coolest stuff. The other, I, I remember all the songs, but I'll tell you what I don't remember any of my lines, even at the time. I remember drilling my lines. I had to, I had a stack of stuff. I had so many freaking lines. Weren't you at one point in the baptismal? Uh, Didn't the baptismal open up and you said something? I don't think so. In my mind, that's what happened. I had the script on the pulpit, and I would flip the script, and I'd follow it along. I couldn't memorize Did all. Did we lines. do that on a Sunday morning? Did they give us the service? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. 
Or was but, it like it come to this thing on But Wednesday it was night? such, you know, there was, we were so, like the youth group was like so much of our identity and like you said, it really brought us together and it was like our youth group against the world, against like when we went, in, they would talk in terms of like when you go into school, it's like you support each other and you hold each other accountable. But we, but we were developing we're this to. incredibly tribalistic mindset, right? And, and I'm using that in, the ter in, in terms of how hard you identify with another group of people mm -hmm. and an ideology to the point that um, in this tiny little town where everybody pretty much thought the same stuff to begin with. Yeah. And again, they might think a little bit differently about some things, but like we developed this mindset that we were different even in this place that was so different from everything else. Mm -hmm. And I we I just had no idea what was happening in my mind. It's like that is so, I, I I'm so happy I was able to let go well, of that. One of the things was pride. Just thinking you know, that think you're the rightest of the right of the right of we, the right of the right. We definitely took pride in that and said, okay, now I can through this lens I can understand who I am. And when you find other people who think exactly the same way, it creates an incredible bond. You know, and we'll talk about middle school and high school in two other episodes. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like th this it, being established it feels it. now, like in sort of that late elementary school is what, it's the reason that we ended up staying such good friends through all that. And it's the reason that we went to college together. It's the reason that we went on staff together. It's the reason that we're sitting right here at this table. So I can be kind of like, I can poke fun at it or I can say that it's toxic in some ways, but. We really owe everything to the church. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells me so. Show, yeah, it's the place to be. Yeah, you'll it's very see. Catchy. Did she write that? I don't think she wrote any of it, but she she was capable of it. She's very capable. I'm a little disappointed you don't remember any of the songs. I don't know how that's. I wish I could. Dude, I don't remember the words that part of my to brain. Any of our songs. <laughs> yeah. When we get ready to do a concert, I'm like, give me a few days. <laughs> I have to reacquaint myself with every oh. part of this. But lines, I mean, I don't know. It's a different spot in my brain. I don't know. That, yeah. Maybe I should be more into musicals now, and maybe I I could have a career in musicals. Yeah, it, it's it, it's you know what I thought about this. I don't think it's uh, music versus um, lines. I think it's your long-term memory, there's a part of your brain that stores it really, really effectively. Yeah. I have really good short-term memory. I have very bad long-term memory mm, mm. in terms of like lyrics like that. So I do think this sets up our next conversation, you know, when we revisit this and go into middle school. I mean, because there's so, you know, there were so many pressures that then of, of puberty and- uh, oh, yeah, A lot of pressure. And dating, <laughs> yeah. Pressure in the pants. <laughs> But that, I popped that zip open. But there's different. I think there's maybe, and we've explored some of that. But there's like other ways to look at. Yeah, well, at, at we're not just going to talk about erections and high the whole school time. Uh, as we get back into that. But I think this. I think this is a good start. You know, I have a good appreciation for how it's a combination of so many circumstances and. <sighs> Like in spite of our differences that brought us together. It's like we had these things that mattered the most to us. Yeah. That that brought us together. And there were the 
you know, and the amount of time associated with those things and those priorities uh, really worked. But I mean, you, you could be sitting here with Matt McKinney or I, even more likely I could be, you know, there were times, because like in the youth group, he was probably the other guy that like at times, like I really hit it off with when you were at, you, you, you're in your basketball mode, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause he went to church with us. Like, I don't know, you know, if there's many other people that, you know, once you get in like fifth grade that it could have been. Yeah. But well, it was, but it was, it felt kind of preordained to well, commandeer and the there term. Was, and the thing, I think we'll talk us. more about it in the next one, but like the things that we were finding funny Oh yeah. Like, is we didn't even get into that, but like, we were connecting on the th- how silly we were and the things that we thought were funny, and yeah. and that was that that was really the connection between us and Ben too. Like, the three of us were so silly to the point of yeah. like, this the level of silliness was it would push off other the people charts. off. Yeah, people was, like these guys. There's something wrong with them. Yeah, it was like they're their own little club right. of silliness. Like weird to a to, a, to inex- a degree. It was yeah. inaccessible. And I and I like and I really liked. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm super into sports and I want to be the best at all this sports stuff. But I want to be incredibly silly and I and just com- it's completely unreserved. Like we were completely unreserved when we were being. Stupid, and I and we I think we did. That's the thing that we fully explored in the book of mythicality that yeah. that we really didn't talk about as much here because those early uh, those early uh, radio shows and the stuff that we did that was all in elementary school. That was that was all very early. We were doing yeah. that stuff in my house with the jam box. It's probably not quite as early as we think it was making but yeah, those shows. Yeah, but like, I'm mean, probably fifth, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah, but so to tie a bow on this. You know that the the origin story is at least parts mythology, and then the best friends since first grade. It's like, well, it's a little more complicated than that. There were some ins and outs and some circumstantial things in the elementary school years, but that as we were coming to the elementary school years, were coming to a close, heading into middle school. I think it was we would both safely say that we were each other's best friends, and it's been that way ever since. But that's not yeah. as clean, just like a link nail bowl cut right across the forehead <laughs> as saying, best friend since first grade. Um, and you know what? This is a, a special, it's kind of like renewing our vows, our, fr- our best friendship vows. That's another way to look at this thing. We can have a ceremony. Okay. Um, we'll put that on the society too. And you know what? There's another reason this episode is special. That's I'm not right. gonna give a wreck. This is our last recording with Kiko Yes. That's right, Kiko. We're gonna get a little sentimental with you here, man. Kiko joined us about five years ago and has been working exclusively on Ear Biscuits for about four of those years, right? So been here in the room. He has listened to us talk about so many things. And you know what? He has to listen to it when we talk about it now and then he has to listen to it again when he edits it. Are, and you, are you tired of us yet? Is that why you're leaving? <laughs> so you got you got a great job opportunity with Patreon, and we fully we fully bless. Let's go, Churchy. Yeah, yeah. We're giving you blessings. We're giving you blessings, Kiko. We're going to send you over to Patreon, and then when you've had your way with Patreon, we want Whoa. you to come back what? into the fold at any time you had want. Had your way. 
Yeah, it's like that's not really. I don't. Like, I don't remember anybody saying that in church. At least not the prodigal from, from the Kiko returns. No. Yeah, we're first of all, thanks for everything that you've done. You've made this podcast uh, uh, what it is in a lot of ways. Yeah, and thank you for protecting us from things that we <laughs> said that came out wrong that you 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 caught before they went out. Yes, and Patreon is lucky to have you, and I know that we will stay in touch. And you know what? It's it's been truly inspiring to see you develop professionally and yeah. as a person. Like, you know, we count it uh, an honor to know you and to have been a part of your life and to kind of, just to see who you are and, you know, w we appreciate the things that you've said about the impact that we've had and this experience has had on you and we want you to know that it absolutely has gone the other way too. You've had a tremendous impact on us and uh, we will never forget it. And we're not gonna forget you because we're still gonna be in touch, but thank you for everything that you've done to shape this podcast and also to be an inspiration. We've learned a lot from you, so thank you. Yeah, thanks Kiko. We don't, we're not gonna give you a mic so you can say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, but we're gonna keep doing this Ear Biscuits. We're not gonna stop just cause you're leaving. All right? So, uh, yeah, so, yeah so we'll speak at you next week. Thanks to Kiko, good luck. Uh, we know he's gonna be successful wherever he goes. Yep. Hashtag Ear Biscuits.